I'm Brian Foster, and this is the Grindhouse Institute. On each episode of this podcast, Jeremy Floyd and I program a triple feature movie night. Each of the movies share common themes, and we discuss them here. We're happy you could join us for today's block we call Inspiring Raiders of the Lost Ark. In the summer of 1981, the team of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg released a film that was over a decade in the making. The movie was a tribute to some of their favorite films and serials, a swashbuckling tale of good versus evil anchored on one of the most iconic heroes to grace the screen, whose life pursuit to preserve our world's history brings him, as well as the audience, on a global excursion to several beautiful and mysterious locales. Today's block has the Grindhouse Institute team putting on our fedoras and leather jackets as we raid tombs, dodge blow darts, and most importantly, avoid having our faces melted off by some lightning, fire, power of God or something. That's right, folks. Today we're looking at the films that inspired the greatest action-adventure movie of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Harry Steele, adventurer, babe magnet, and tour guide finds himself one step closer to obtaining the coveted Peruvian golden idol, the ancient Incan sunburst. Sporting an all-too-familiar leather jacket, fedora, pistol tucked in his trousers, and leather side satchel, the inspiration for Raiders is quite clear. Charlton Heston stars as Indiana Jones, I mean Harry Steele, in 1954's Secret of the Incas. After being sent to a penal colony in French Guiana, Papillon, along with new acquaintance Louis Dega, is forced to find a way to escape the horrific prison over and over and over and over. Pappy's fearless attempts at freedom take him to several exotic locales where he encounters a wide array of characters, including trappers, hunters, lepers, and guys who shoot blow darts at him. I cannot recommend this one enough. Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman star in the 1973 film, Papillon. The year is 1936 and a team of top men enlists the help of mild-mannered college professor, Dr. Indiana Jones. His mission, to infiltrate the ancient city of Tanis to recover the Ark of the Covenant, an ancient artifact that Hitler believes will make his army invincible. Harrison Ford stars in 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank you for listening to the Grindhouse Institute. Please enjoy. Welcome to Cusco, City of Life. I'm Harry Steele. The airlines asked me to guide you around the city. 100 soles a day each. Mm, you're a big one. Is guiding people fun? That depends where they want to go. I wouldn't want to miss anything. I'll see what I can do. You're Dagger, aren't you? Louis Dagger. You're happy when you got life for killing a pimp and then had the bad taste to tell the prosecutor you were going to escape and kill him, too. I was framed for that murder. I'm innocent. No one is innocent. I'm no pimp killer, for Christ's sake. I'm a safe cracker. That's a profession of which I thoroughly disapprove. Well, I mean, look. Nearly 3,000 years, man has been searching for the lost ark. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. All right, welcome back to the Grindhouse Institute. I'm your host, Brian Foster. With me, as always, is Jeremy Floyd. Hello, and how are you? How did you know I had dry leprosy? <laughs> You're not contagious anymore? 
<laughs> Welcome back. Yes, we are. We are talking about a uh, a very special film um, for everybody um, that's on this podcast today, myself included. Um, we are talking about um, movies that inspired Raiders of the Lost Ark. And with us is a special guest to uh, deliver this block for us. Uh, Jeremy, would you mind doing the introduction? Yeah, um, we were uh, planning on doing another episode of this inspiring series. Um, and, you know, this one, I think more so than our last one, uh, has a lot of uh, much more obvious connections. And uh, what greater uh, way to uh, dig into some of those connections uh, than someone who's a huge, huge fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark, fellow uh, filmmaker and, um, you know, tiki nerd, Alex Lamb. Thanks, guys, for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, welcome. Um, I'm so glad somebody suggested doing a, an Indiana Jones film. I think that's one we haven't touched yet, and I was very excited to watch Raiders probably for the 500th time of my life, I would say. Yeah, at least. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Even watching it now, I knew every line, and I, I couldn't believe I remembered them. But it's definitely one of those annual watches, so thanks for bringing it. Although, that. like, you know, no matter how many times you watch it, Every time they're doing the drinking contest, when <laughs> she starts to like pass out and fall over, it, it's like it's not, <laughs> like the, the timing always gets me. It's always a surprise. It's crazy. Bastare! Bastare! <laughs> I mean that that when that guy takes that shot and just slowly passes out, it's such a good gag. <laughs> So uh, what are we watching today? Um, if you don't mind introducing the block, Alex, uh, we'd love to uh, to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so the first thing we're watching is Papillon. It's French. Yeah. Butterfly. This one was a great, great film. I had never seen it. Never. Uh, nobody had ever even told me about it. I feel right. like I was kind of gypped that I'm Same. here in my <laughs> mid to late 30s yeah. hearing of Papillon for the very first time. It was an amazing adventure. And, and we could have easily... Put this one as uh, the inspiring series for Shawshank, sure. uh, but, but yeah, uh, it, it it had an interesting place in in this uh, lineup. Uh, we're also watching uh, Secret of the Incas. Yeah, Charlton Heston. Yeah, from fifty uh, three. Is that right? Fifty four. Uh, fifty four. Yeah. yeah um, wow. This was an exciting one too, and I was telling Jeremy before this. Clearly no inspiration for Raiders of the Lost Ark. The, the main character walking around in a fedora and leather jacket for the entire movie with a beard and everything. Uh, there was a map room. It had everything. Like, it had all of the things. I was amazed at how much of a ripoff Indiana Jones actually is. I had zero idea. Yeah, it really is. You know, like, you kind of, you talk about, like, Tarantino doing, like, kung fu movies and, and such, like Kill Bill, but these guys were doing serials, you know, same kind of thing. Just, like, fans of these films when they were growing yeah. up as kids, and they just did their ver big epic movie versions of This them. is, like, one step away from when they made uh, Psycho just frame by frame the exact same movie. <laughs> right. It almost felt like I couldn't believe when I was watching it. I was like, why is he dressed like Indiana Jones? I was so confused. <laughs> Because they talk about, like, oh, the inspiration for Raiders of the Lost Ark was all these old serial movies. And, like, nobody ever mentioned, oh, there's also this one movie that literally is Indiana Jones. It was made right. in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, we stole the character. We stole the costume. We stole the 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 maps made out of stone. Yeah. <laughs> Shining the, the sunlight to find the uh, hidden treasure. Yeah. All, all kinds of stuff. And But, but what else is kind of crazy is that, like, not only is it uh, in some ways inspiring the the indiana jones character i think 
you know, most of that was in the costuming and um, perhaps uh, some of that pursuit that the Harry Steele character was into. But also, like, especially in the first act, Harry Steele was very much Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, same initials too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was thinking of him more as like Sam Malone from Cheers, just like dressed as Indiana Jones, but walking around trying to hook up with right. yeah. girls for money, like that. And that was a very weird side plot in the whole movie that they were like, "Well, most were... men don't like taking money from women. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best kind. It's the hardest to get, and it always smells so good." <laughs> If you're wondering how you're going to pay me without hurting my feelings, Miss Morris, forget it. Just uh, take out your roll and start counting. So wait, so in in this instance, it'd be Sam Malone if he he wasn't a baseball player. He was like a former adventurer or whatever he was that became a tour guide. Exactly. To yeah. A bar. But it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I like. <laughs> yeah, a bar that only serves pisco sours. <laughs> yeah, that's all they drank in this, right? Exactly. To me, it seemed like a very complicated drink to make in that bar. <laughs> maybe, maybe it like any any drink with egg whites isn't a drink that I think I would order in that that specific bar. That is a good drink, though. Well, they they were uh, popular down there. Uh, it, it, uh, actually, you know, around this time, it it became even more popular. Um, you know, for whatever reason, there were a lot of uh, celebrities like John Wayne and um, Ava Gardner and Orson Welles traveling to Lima, Peru, and because of that, the press got all excited that there was a drink that they were drinking down there interesting a pisco sour in a tall glass uh so uh secret of the incas like we said harry Steele is a, is a tour guide that has uh aspirations of i i think striking it striking it rich with this um a, a specific target of treasure uh this disc um from ancient peru um the incas uh, use this as i guess it was their way to wor- worship the sun um but this thing is what worth a million dollars at the time i think they said um so it was a, like a golden disc covered in all sorts of diamonds and and, and jewels yeah did, did they give a, a a value to it yes yeah the i, th- I think the dude the buddy or whatever his name was was like oh, okay. just think it to, like we'll have a million dollars this time tomorrow <laughs> The Uncle Billy character from yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. It, but also he was like the, the bad version of Marcus from Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark. He yeah, kind of yeah, resembled yeah. Denholm Elliott and like it was like but he was the jerk version, you know. Yeah. It's funny, it, it, it felt like it was gonna play like that um when the Uncle Billy character uh, what, what's the name of the movie? Uh Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. N- not Marcus Brody, but Morgan. <laughs> Morgan Brandon. <laughs> I was like you once. Came down here to teach them the score. Quick million and then home. Fourteen years I've been waiting for a line on that Inca treasure. It, it seems like he was, he was playing the, the same sort of role where he like he tells Harry all about this uh, this you know legendary treasure or whatever. You know, very much like when when uh, when Marcus is talking to Indy before he like throws the gun in the the suitcase and all this. I mean, it, it's funny like the the Brody character has very little to do in in Raiders. I, I kind of forgot about that. Like, yeah. he, he's more of a character, I guess, or, or he has more screen time anyway. In Last Crusade. In the third one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still uh, he's still very good, and um, he's my favorite part of how they're bouncing each other, bouncing off uh, the information off of each other when they're talking to the government, when they're talking to Porkins. Yeah. Uh, and, and Edgart from uh, Batman. Right. Um, when, when, they're, when they're, like, explaining, you know, the lightning fire god. Have you ever been to Sunday school? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, Indy would say something, and then Marcus would, like, finish the sentence and everything. I just thought that was a great scene. Put the Ark in a place called the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem. 
where it stayed for many years, until all of a sudden, whoosh, is gone. Where? Well, nobody knows where or when. However, an Egyptian pharaoh... Shishak. Yes, invaded the city of Jerusalem around about 980 B.C., and he may have taken the ark back to the city of Tanis and hidden it in a secret chamber called the Well of Souls. Um, but I did want more Marcus in Raiders, even watching it for the thousandth time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still like more of him in that, yeah. I, I love that he takes the apple that the... the... <laughs> <laughs> that like the the closeted the closeted gay 1930s college kid leaves on the desk and marcus just takes it i had it marcus i had it in my hand what happened yes huh. good luck you want to hear about it not at all back to secret incas but before we even get started on the adventure looking for the you know giant be- bejeweled plate uh you know the movie opens with uh the uh the sort of exotica song by uh that uh was the same song that was like playing at jackie treehorn's beach party (laughs) while they were on the little trampoline thing exactly the movie movie started and i imagined like (laughs) naked women in slow motion going up and down on a trampoline and then and then that and then that uh that text pops up and it's like in Peru, where most of this movie was filmed, and I'm like, that's such a weird thing to say at the right. beginning. Nobody would put that at the beginning of a movie now. Right. Like we filmed like this, breaking the, the so you guys know, wall, like, yeah. like, yeah, we we did go here to actually film this. It's not a set. They had to put that at the beginning so you would know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was quite quite beautiful though that they were filming really at Machu Picchu, and like that was all pretty legit. It's quite grand. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, hopefully uh, the the crew didn't wreck too much of it. I was going to say, like, trampling around on there. That was probably worse than the archaeological dig that they were portraying on screen. Right, you know, right, exactly. Trampling around with cameras and audio equipment. I didn't know that the the term cultural appropriation went back to the 50s, but the archaeologist was kind of like, wink, wink, like, oh, he's just here to make sure we don't appropriate all of the culture. <laughs> like, because <laughs> they're, cause they're stealing artifacts. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> Dr. Livingston, I presume. Moorhead is my name. We don't have a Livingston with our expedition. Oh, sort of a joke. Very amusing. How, how funny was it when, oh my God, what, what, what's the name of the woman, uh, Elena? When she first you know, sort of lands in, uh, in Cusco and, you know, the, the, like, you know the, the truck drops her off and she's like, well, where's the hotel? They're like, just a couple blocks that way, right? She gets out, looks down the street, and sees, uh, you know, a couple of, uh, I don't know what, uh, police or military officers or something like that. And their, their <laughs> uniforms with the sort of, you know, crazy, like, riding pants, they, they looked, like, very much like Nazi uniforms a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And you could kind of see that another connection there to Raiders, you know, although, you know, inadvertent. And, they knew yeah. they were going to be inspiring Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were like, right, we should right. put some Nazis in this. <laughs> yeah. Because so thirty years down the credit. road, yeah, we can make take credit really... for Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> popular movie. <laughs> in the original draft, I think Morgan had his face melted off, yeah. but instead they couldn't really pull that off in the in the movie, so they just yeah. threw him off the side of a cliff. Well, I I, I guess you know, it, obviously, uh, that the inspiration wasn't that like, oh, they're gonna inspire Raiders of the Lost Ark, but like the first half of the movie really felt like Casablanca. Yeah. And the second half felt like, you know, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre a little bit, you know, with the uh, Charlton Heston character not succumbing to the lust for gold uh, type of thing. Why did you bring it back? 
I didn't take it away. All I did was find it, and then get it back when Morgan tried to steal it. What's more, I've got a lawyer who can prove it. But, yeah, that, that Casablanca thing, I guess, you know, perhaps that's what the uniformed military police or whatever they were in uh, uh, Peru at that time, perhaps that's what they looked like. Uh, but it also just, it kind of had that, you know, Casablanca feel where it's like there's Nazis running around, you know, just because of the, their crazy uniform. And she was so terrified of them. I mean, yeah. What was her? She was just a defector. Was that her deal? She was. Uh, she was making sure people didn't know she was going to be sent back to Romania. Is that? Is that how that? How her uh, story started? Right. I mean, she she was trying to make her way to Mexico. Well, she, she was trying to make her way to Mexico to then I don't know to get America get to America. You know, crossing at TJ or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not clear why the Romanians were after her exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Or at least I didn't catch it if it, if it was made more explicit. I mean, it, it sounded like you know maybe some Cold War intrigue because this is you know fifty four. Um, but I but I did get a mix up of of Marion and Elsa Schneider from Last Crusade, <laughs> kind of all in one with with Elena and right. some Willie Scott when they're in the jungle and they're oh and, sure you know, good call and yeah. she's she's very uncomfortable. Andy! <laughs> yeah. It's just a snake. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! What is this? One thing is, I don't think Marcus Brody ever hired the world's worst assassin to try to shoot Indiana Jones and then miss to kind of Are you talking show about Indiana Hank from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To show to show Indiana Jones. Oh well, I'm really serious about this. Who sent you? Stay down or I'll kick your head right out the window. But he wasn't even really scared. He just came right back to, to the bar where he was at and was like, yeah. did you send that guy for me? You caught yeah. me. All right, yeah, it was me. Not only that, then he breaks the guy's rifle and the, and the yeah. guy's like, well, who's going to pay for my rifle? I know. How crazy was it watching uh, Charlton Heston smash a rifle? Yeah. <laughs> From his cold, dead hands. <laughs> yeah, didn't he have to kill the guy? You missed. I get this. I don't like your face. If I see it again, I'll change it for you. No! I, who will pay for the rifle? Also, I, I love how, so like, you know, um, the Harry Steele character, uh, he's he's kind of a, you know, he's a tour guide and kind of a hustler on the side, but he's mm-hmm. really trying to spend his time, you know, uh, trying to get at these artifacts, or at least this one artifact, the sunburst thing. Throughout mm-hmm. the movie, you know, uh, women are throwing themselves at him, uh, particularly like, you know, this the tourist, the, the tourist woman who was like, yeah, <laughs> her don't, husband was don't. right there, like, hey, well, why don't you go take a nap? Then I'll go hang yeah. out with this guy. <laughs> Didn't she call him out too for being like, what are you trading up already yeah, or yeah. something? You... <laughs> she, she's like, oh, we, we don't want to interfere with your private life. He was like, well, you won't. So he's kind of like Captain Ron in a way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there's one like, like I feel like Indiana Jones hates tourists i know that because of the indiana jones ride where he's like oh why did it have to be tourists is you that know? canon is that, yeah. is that a yeah. thing? <laughs> it is now that lucasfilm's been purchased yeah, yeah. yeah right. i feel like if he was if he fell on hard times he would never be like well i could just be a tour guide and show people around you know he'd go back right. to being a professor or something but i i yeah i i guess the women thrown at him i guess does happen in raiders right it's like the, the all his students anyway yeah uh, <laughs> yeah love you exactly. on the, the eyelids and all this mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> no one's paying attention <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> 
Neo meaning new. Literally. Yeah. I T H. But but another like reason that the movie kind of felt a little like um, uh, Secret of the Incas any, anyway felt like a little like Casablanca was that the guy who like comes to uh, sort of kidnap Elena, the uh, Romanian guy with the private plane, uh, felt a lot like Peter Lorre. Yeah. You know, in, in that scene where he gets he gets pretty drunk. And it was like, was he going to drug him? <laughs> but then he just decides to clonk him on the yeah. head instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I almost feel like that could have been like an ad lib from Charlton Heston. Just the way that it, the way that it was played out. Like he was like, this is taking too long. Let's just hit yeah. him in the face. Maybe it was like uh, Harrison Ford shooting the guy for, you know, right. yeah. he had right. <laughs> I'm just going to hit him over the head with this thing. That is the one thing that made me think, oh man, this this is a pretty pretty low budget movie. The fact that like <laughs> there's this there like she's gonna go. He's like, well, your room is right next to his, and you can just jump over the balcony and sneak into his room. She's like, why don't you do it? And he's like, well, he'll be much happier if he sees you in the room. Which <laughs> you know, hashtag me too. But like, what's funny is she leaves and does that whole adventure heist thing that he explained to us with words. We don't see any of it. We watch him sit there and drink a, a, a cocktail. And she comes back. She's like, got it. <laughs> and then the other character goes and does it off screen. That's the same thing. Now, now was that her uh, to go get the plane? Was that was that? that with... no it was to go get the it was like the, what the keys of the plane or something like you know, yeah it's do like... planes have keys that's like yeah. a seinfeld joke of like, like... how are you gonna start it yeah <laughs> like anytime your plane's delayed really they just forgot the keys <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but this is when they uh when they take this plane they, they go toward machu picchu and some of the best i'd say photography in the movie is is displayed that's it's a really cool shot of right. them seeing that big archaeological dig going on and um, when they get into the more tomb raiding part of the Indiana Jones uh, story, yeah, or Secret of the Incas story, right? Exactly, where, where they meet the sort of straight laced uh, Belloc there. <laughs> he was a lovable Belloc, <laughs> Belosh. Like he was the Belloc that I I would have married him. You know, he yeah got everything. He was a super nice guy, and he just you know he believed in archaeology and he got friend zoned pretty hard by Elena <laughs> yeah, though. I felt bad for him. I thought I thought he was gonna end up with her, but then you know Harry Steele's in the picture. You're not gonna yeah. You're not gonna man right. up to Harry Steele. You're not gonna be able yeah. to compare. Yeah, exactly. Harry Steele is the perfect name for like an action <laughs> hero created in the fifties. Like if you made an action hero now and you're like, I want to call him Harry steel that's like that's like when homer simpson changes his name to max power like <laughs> max power he's the man whose name you'd love to touch when they're in the jungle that that scene that scene that i said is like willie scott mm-hmm. my i thought that i was wrong about it like everything there so basically She's like, oh, I want to go to California. That's where that's where the apples are from. And I was like, apples aren't from California. <laughs> right, apples right. are from Washington, right? Yeah. And then and then he's like, who who cut down who cut down the cherry tree? And she's like, Abraham yeah, Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. I was like, no, that was Washington. <laughs> it was like it was this whole scene dedicated to like misinformation, Washington. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I I think that, that that's really key to to finding out why uh, Moorhead or whatever his name was the the Belloc mm-hmm. character got friend zoned so hard. Yeah, because 
you know, later she's like, you know, who cut down the cherry tree? And, you know, he he says the right answer and he like scolds her for getting the wrong answer. <laughs> and then she uh, tests Harry again later. And, uh, and you know, he's like, yeah, fuck it. Lincoln doesn't yeah. matter. Like <laughs> yeah. what, what you says, what you say, go. Yeah. <laughs> so basically she just wanted a yes, man. But yeah, that's not it. even how I that's not even how I took it. I took it as I didn't think he was scolding her. He was just like, no, it, it wasn't Washington, it was Lincoln. Like he was just telling her the right answer. And I honestly thought that Harry Steele just right, didn't but it, know. you know, the story's fucking horseshit anyway. Who cares? Like just, <laughs> just let it be whatever answer it is. Harry had the right idea. It is kind it is kind of a a, a good, you know, shortcut for like 15-year-olds going out on their first date. Like, you're not cool if you're constantly correcting the person yeah. you're dating on every single fact they say like no apples are actually from washington actually just washington cut just down the cherry yeah, yeah just no no that's cool that's cool that's so interesting yeah. harry <laughs> who cut down the cherry tree abraham lincoln i was kind of worried that this movie was just going to have a lot of these inspirational things and the movie itself wouldn't be too engaging but it definitely was i mean like and, and part of the reason I, I thought that it wasn't going to be too engaging was like, the, you know, the movie is super hard to find. It's, uh, you know, not on sort of video anywhere. It's definitely not streaming. Um, you know, was it taken out of print uh, because it was <laughs> from the same studio that brought you Raiders of the Lost Ark? And maybe we don't want to have people see this one. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, the movie has a lot of, like, you know, great lines and everything in it and mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of, like, cool moments. Uh, you get to see... Uh, Ima Sumac uh, perform um, a couple couple ditties um, <laughs> with her like you know eighteen octave vocal range or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the hell she was getting some of those notes, man. It's crazy, but but then you know I I love like the little moments where like Elena, the the Romanian refugee or French woman. I don't. I mean, it's funny. She she. I think the actress was French. Yeah, but, exactly. Anyway, she's supposed to be from Romania, yeah. But uh, she tells uh, Ima Sumac that, uh, "Oh, you speak English very well." And she's like, "Yeah, so do you." <laughs> <laughs> I thought for for what 1953 did we say? I thought that was the Before, best. Yeah. That was the best line in the right. movie because of that. <laughs> the very next one was probably the best one, which is like, as as the uh, the Elena character, like you know. Dump uh, dips into the uh, the hot springs there, like uh, like the old lady who was in the room. She's like, "Ayakanka, ayakanka," and she's like, "What the hell does that mean?" It's like, "Oh, it means you're like as white as a dead fish." Yeah. <laughs> and then Charlton Heston's just sitting there staring at her through the window. He's like, "It's true, you are as white as a dead fish." Yeah. Ayakanka, <laughs> mama. I mean, I'd like to talk about the map room. Uh, I think that sequence was was fantastic in in Secret of the Incas. I mean, it's one of my favorite scenes in Raiders, and to see this version of it, yeah. which was almost more realistic <laughs> when you think of it, you know, it's a bunch of mirrors that are set right. up that you find <laughs> another mirror, and then the light shines, and then it tells you where to go, <laughs> you know. And in, in Indiana Jones, it creates a fucking laser. <laughs> They're digging in the wrong place. <laughs> well, not only that, when when they're when they're walking around the museum and they see the stone map of the city, yeah, the looks map. just like the the stone yeah. map, sort of a, a oh, smaller right, version right, of the stone right. map in Raiders. Yeah, and I also got the um, Last Crusade. You know where the um, the one 
the shield was broken in half oh, at yeah. Donovan's office, and he had the other half, and he had to make the rubbing of the other half. And oh, this one, right. Charleston Hessen had that other piece that was missing from the from the map, so he had like the you know the finish of the the map. I thought that was interesting. Right. Even when they wrote like Last Crusade, they were like, "Oh man, what are we gonna do? Let's go back to Secret <laughs> yeah, of the Incas yeah. and steal some more shit." <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't an X marks the spot in this or something. Or... <laughs> when, when I was rewatching Raiders, uh, when he walks into the room at the very beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, he walks into the room and he sees the idol down that hall. Yeah. And behind yes. him, yes, behind him, it looks like the sunstone. Sunburst what is it? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Sunburst. Yeah. yeah. It's like a giant version of it. I'm like, yeah. so they're, they're like screaming, <laughs> go watch Secret of the Incas. But Paramount's like, no, 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 no. There's no se- Secret of the what? Wait, wait. Where? What happened to Secret of the Incas? Well, yeah. Where is it? Top men. Well, like I, I read on, online, it, it was never on VHS. Like wow, never right. on DVD is one thing, but it was never on VHS either. So it's like, they never released it for home video. It's a really great film. Um, I, I enjoyed it like from front to back. Like, yeah, it, it, it would be one of those movies that I would watch over and over again if it turned up on like Paramount Plus or something. Yeah. Right? Like, I would definitely <laughs> Which is a perfect again. place for it to be. Hint, hint. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Come on, bring these classics. I, I, I thought this was really good. But but it's funny, like the, the one of the costume designers for Raiders mm-hmm. gave an interview where she talked about uh, how the whole crew would watch Secret of the Incas, and you know, obviously they they took the the look um, from this Harry Steele character, and then, then they took a bunch of other sort of production design things, and obviously the story bits. But you know, she was surprised. Like, I'm surprised they didn't uh, credit the, the movie at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but what, what's crazy is like so you know so much of it, the look like you know the, the little uh, the the crossbody uh, you know pouch. That he has the, the yeah. little, you know, pistol, you know, his his button-up shirt, his leather jacket, the hat. Although the hat is way bigger in in uh, Secret of the Incas. And- well, they they did like the costume designers on Raiders talk about how long it took them to figure out the exact uh-huh. hat. Right. Which, when I watched this movie, I was like, okay, well, you had a lot of time because you stole everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's here's the here's the thing. It was like that. I I think that it was like they had this archetype in the Secret of the Incas. Like, okay, but how can we make it look cooler? Well, what if Steve McQueen were wearing it? What about that scene in Papillon, uh, right before he gets to the uh, to the leper island, or right after the leper island? He that that would be a much a much better look. Perfect. The first you know, fifteen minutes of Raiders will be exactly that sequence out of Papillon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one last thing about Secret sure. of the Incas is the the old guy at the end, he has a six shooter, right? Mm-hmm. And he's firing bullets like crazy. And once he gets past <laughs> that six bullet, he's like, oh shit, there, my gun's not working yeah. anymore. It's like, well, yeah, you... <laughs> Stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's like you only have six bullets in the gun and you're trying to shoot down like 30 guys chasing you. <laughs> right. right. Can't can't do the thing where all the Nazis stand in one line and you take one bullet yeah. through all of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, and, no. and then he's just like, oh, well, he he clicks it like seventeen times. He's like, okay, well, I guess there's no more bullets. He just like, throws it away. 
exactly. <laughs> also, his his speech about gravity at the end, like that speech would have been great if it was earlier in the movie when he's kind of holding Harry Steele captive and he's like, you're going to help me find this thing. And he's talking about how rich you're going to be. He's like, this is what it's like being old. Gravity becomes your enemy. Instead, right, right. he's like, gravity becomes your enemy. And two seconds later, yeah. gravity kills like this? him. Yeah. yeah. Becomes- <laughs> They should have given him the Wilhelm scream as he falls off the yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's different about Papillon in this one is technically it's a true story based on an autobiography um, of Henri Chalali. Yeah. Uh, Papillon. We'll just call him Papillon. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to call him Butterfly Guy. Um, or Steve McQueen. Uh, named yeah. Papillon because that's French for butterfly. He had a butterfly tattoo on his chest, um, played by Steve McQueen. Um I'm sure you guys can agree that this movie is absolutely incredible. Again, one of these that um, I had never heard of before this show, had never seen, and now it's, you know, one of my top tens by far. It's it's <laughs> yeah. so excellent. Um, from start to finish, this was like an epic film, and the performances in it are fantastic. The violence in yeah. it is, is, is almost gut-wrenching um, in some parts. And, like, the truth that they expose or show for these this uh, penal institution and French Guiana is one of one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. Um, and they did a really good job stylistically as well as, you know, realistically. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I I I don't know where I came across this movie originally. I mean, I, I saw it in like high school and then I just kind of figured everyone had seen it, all like film nerd friends might have seen it. And like apparently the answer is no. But like, um, you know, this is the same director as uh, the guy who did uh Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes, and uh, Patton, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then won an Oscar for that. Yeah, and then you know Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman are the uh, the two stars of this one. You know, it's it's a prison film, and um, you know it's it's the sort of like maybe a template you should say for for Shawshank. Uh, I think we talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. but it definitely has this uh, section in in the middle of like this adventure film. Uh, where we, we can tef- definitely see the uh, the connections to Raiders, but aside from that, I mean, it's like you know, it's just you know, it's a harrowing uh, movie, and you know, yeah. Despite the fact that it's whatever two and a half hours, I mean, like the the movie feels like it, it just like moves. Uh, it's like yeah. really well paced because you're in a different place every so often. I mean, right. they bring you to some new exotic location in some instance that you're just like, whoa, you know, and it's a totally new frame of frame of reference. And and even with the, the, the like the the section where he's you know, in solitary confinement for so long, it's like, oh, God. you know, it, like that's one of the, the sort of slower sections. But you know, you're you're just so riveted by what's happening mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's like, you know, how like okay, first offense you you get two years, <laughs> second offense you get five years, and then I don't know what third offense you get the <laughs> you get the guillotine. <laughs> when we got to the five year part, I was like, oh my God! <laughs> like the first time I watched it, <laughs> are we gonna have to do this again? <laughs> but no, it's just like this like amazing like hard cut to him you know gray aging like 65 years because he had been in that in the hole for so long i i was gonna say i i would argue that the like like you said brian the the sort of being in a different place like every like 10 minutes you're Mm -hmm. changed i i feel like that is what to me is the most like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like before I thought that Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of was one of the first movies like that, where it's like this happens and then this happens. And then like, there's never any dead space or dead Mm -hmm, time in mm -hmm. that movie. You're just moving forward all the time. 
I had no idea that this movie was going to take me to all the places it took me, like to all the different places in the world. It, it, it was so insane right. how it's like it takes you on this journey and you have no idea where you're going at all. And then you end up back in the same <laughs> same place. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this was kind of a it was a mixture of the story that, you know, was telling the story of Papillon and his you know relationship to Louis Degas. Um, mm-hmm. who's played by Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman. Um, and it was, you know, was it about his escape or was it about his, like, obsession with wanting to escape all the time? And, like, he, it felt like it almost became, like, a game to him. Like, there's always a way out, right? There's always always an escape. There's always a, a way out. And even when they got to Devil's Island, he risked his life to jump yeah. into the water to get out of there. And uh, Degas kind of gave up, but he was mm-hmm. a little supportive of, of his yeah. friends, you know? <laughs> well, but, like, you know, what, what's so great about that scene is, like, you know... Uh, Dega is talking to him and he's like you he's like he, he watches him throw the bag of coconuts over and he's like you won't live and he's like does it matter you know it's like yeah <laughs> right. I mean, he, he wants to do it and you're right it, there is sort of like this like almost a game about it um and then there's also like yeah. the like well it couldn't be any worse than what I'm doing right now so <laughs> let's yeah, try this right. one yeah not not slapping pigs like Dustin Hoffman <laughs> yeah. Or, or like when Dustin often like runs outside and he's like yelling at nobody, you know, yeah. he's clearly like lost it. Lewis, if I could find a way to get off this island, would you like to come with me? Oh yes, of course. Get away, Freddie. You know better than that. Get away. I mean that that I think might have become my favorite Dustin Hoffman role. Of, it's amazing. Of like, yeah. which is which is I mean Dustin Hoffman has a lot of amazing roles, but yeah. I have never seen this movie, and I was like. This might be the best Dustin Hoffman movie I've ever seen. It's not him partway through the movie. Like I lose that it's Dustin Hoffman. It's just his face is completely changed. The way he moves and talks and everything, it was yeah. completely different. Well, and, and you needed someone that strong to be able to sell some of those moments where it's like, you know, uh, early on while um, Papillon is in the hole uh, and is not giving up Louis's name. That man risked his life to save mine. For me, that's a new experience. You mentioned like some of the violence and stuff, and it's like, you know, at certain moments, you know, the blood looked, uh, you know, like the three M stage blood. Three M you know, stage it, it blood. That yeah. That really like sort of, um, you know, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, sort of you know, pinkish orange quality to it, and it looked really thick. But then, you know, sometimes it felt very visceral, um, mm-hmm. and and some of those moments were. Where we're definitely where it 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 was feeling uh, a, a lot more hor- horrifying. In in terms of horrifying, the visuals of the leper colony that they went to uh, scared the yeah. hell out of me. Um, they they shot all of those people in that real shadowy. Then you never really see the the lead. Um, I guess he's the leader of the the tribe. Right, right. Um, they never really see his face until like later on, and then he kind of leans into the light. It's the one guy they could like afford makeup for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And he's got those like crazy, you know, like you know, nubby fingers that he's holding that cigar with, smoking and... that. Yeah, exactly. He had like these kind of little fingers smoking the cigar, and he's like, "Here, take a puff of the cigar." And when he did it, I was like, "Oh god, <laughs> it was hard to watch." It's like, man, how did you know I had dry leprosy? I didn't. Just looked like a good cigar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it showed just how sort of you know desperate he was to uh, to get away from this uh, prison colony, and. You know, he was willing to, like, risk leprosy to do it. Do you like cigars? When I can get them. I, I do want to talk about that guillotine scene because they, 
the way, like you were saying, how they kind of take you from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is said in that in this movie without there being a, a payoff right away. Yeah. And that one was, you know, if you go for five or if you try to escape twice, you get the guillotine, right? And they show it just cutting like a coconut or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not like the next scene, somebody is thrown into the guillotine <laughs> right. and we get a close up of this guy getting decapitated. It's like, holy shit. And, and, and they, you know, they, they drag him for, you know, like like 500 oh, yards. God. He's just like screaming the whole time. And like as they're like, you know, putting his head into the like neck slot of the guillotine, he's still screaming. And the only thing that shuts him up is the, the thing taking his head off. It's so crazy. It's just like, it's so intense. Yeah, it's brutal. And I, how awesome was it to like to, ha- to see all those little um, little cameos in this too? Um, like, you know, Billy Mummy was the, the kid who was sentenced to life at, you know, age 17 or something and then was shot the moment he got there trying to run away. Um, the... Uncle Leo had a small role in this from Seinfeld. <laughs> like, yeah. he was one of the guards. Uh, the guy um, who who was like um, getting everybody's shoes in the beginning. What was mm-hmm. was the guy who got you know like kicked in the nuts and in, uh, in in Young Frankenstein? Give him another dollar. Who was the lead leper? Um, he seemed like he would be someone. Yeah, uh, he he was great. Um, I yeah, I, he was in the Omega Man. Um, uh, but I, I, oh yes, exactly. That's exactly where I saw him yeah, before. Okay. And also in makeup, right? Yeah. My favorite scene is just watching all the prisoners catching butterflies for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and then also like how it ends is like, you know, how much to take this butterfly? And he like, you know, ripped up in his shirt to like reveal his that was happy cool. on tattoo. Yeah. That, that was, that was pretty good. The, the weirdest part to me, no, I mean, it was the whole movie was awesome i don't mean weird in a bad way at all it's just sure. like the part that took me for surprise was so he escapes he lives happily for like what maybe a couple weeks like in this like village with these natives on <laughs> right <laughs> like and and then just the, wakes up one day and everyone's fucking they were, gone they were gone they were like nomads right, right? They, they, they like they left his ass behind it, it, well, it, they left him in the pearls it, though it was crazy because like it, it seemed like they um they kind of you know we're, we're taking him in to the to the to the tribe or whatever but apparently not <laughs> like it, it was only to kind of like i thought i thought they were trying to marry um, him yeah yeah he had the like like the 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 woman seemed like she was in love right. with him and they like yeah I, I it was and they 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 took so much time i mean in relativity to the, the movie, montage not a lot of time but yeah sure. that montage i was like yeah. oh i'm sold like this is his life now yeah like, I, right, exactly. great he made it he made yeah. it <laughs> and then like he just wakes up and everyone's gone i'm like what the there fuck? were so many times in this movie where i was like oh shit he made it and he kept getting the rug pulled out from him every right. time like the 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 nun um sold him out right you know like it was like, come on! <laughs> I know that the, the, the boat, the boat he got, like, and then luckily that trapper knew that there were like those headhunters waiting for them at that rickety boat right. that they, you know, he got sold out for. Um, man, that was that was another cool one with yeah, that, that so, trapper yeah, yeah. had those two guys killed. He's like, I just live out here, man. Was the trapper's motive just like to like? Crocodile like Dundee, mess with society, like, <laughs> right, like right. no, he was, that's, he was chaos. That's that's their world, man. Like I. I'm going to help you guys escape. I know you have nothing to give me, but I'm going to help you escape anyway, yeah. because screw those guys. Screw authority. I killed these guys. You like for this? Sport. You like this? Right. I liked it too when yeah. I was drunk. <laughs> you like this? 
Oh, very much. I did too at the time, but I was drunk. Um, I wanted to bring up that scene um, when Papillon is first thrown into um, the solitary and he meets that, like, fella that oh, he basically yeah. becomes right. later on. I feel pretty good, but I need somebody to tell me how I look. Fine. And, and, and Steve McQueen, you know, too, um, you know, Steve, Steve McQueen is one of these people who it's like, you know, he's like this, like, um, the consummate movie star. Uh, but you know, never sort of um, a- applauded for his acting. I think, and um, I think in this one it's a little different. Like he actually sort of uh, you know brings the heat with his performance. It's crazy because a-, a movie like this needs somebody to be able to pull that off. Yeah, and you know if you were uh, <laughs> in charge of this movie, like you'd you'd be a little skeptical that Steve McQueen would have the uh, the-, the chops to do it. He really did do it, and totally. Every, yeah, everything. I bought everything, um, and I really enjoyed the dream sequences when he was going through that. So- thought that was excellent, um, and even those could have been cheesy or pulled off strange, but they had a really cool ethereal feel to it. I thought they were right, successful. The, the first one um, was a little El Topo, or maybe like uh, I thought <laughs> yeah, the Naked it's... Indian was a little gratuitous, uh, like right, yeah. t- t- type of like dream, but. The second one was so cool when it was like in slow motion as he's like running through that, you know, uh, street full of like leafless trees, and and the yeah. camera on that on that techno crane that like flips upside down. Just awesome, yeah. Yours is the most terrible crime a human being can commit. I accuse you of a wasted life. Before we do anything else with this one, I think we should. Uh, you know, go into a little bit of the the sequence why it's kind of included with these ones, which is that like right after the leper colony, and they get to the whatever island where they're speaking Spanish. You know, French Guiana, if you're not aware, is uh, you know part of South America. But you know, as soon as they get there, like uh, you know, they get rousted by the local cops or whatever they were, and you know, they start chasing the dudes. He starts running off with uh, with one of the other. <laughs> the, the cops had a prisoner with him. Uh, and like he, he <laughs> Papillon just like starts running with that guy, you know, trying to uh, flee the cop. Also, they just drop Dustin <clears throat> Hoffman. They're just like, you're on your own. Yeah. Well, like, oh, he, his, his leg is rotting off. Uh, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you knew it was broken. He's like, yeah, <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the Spanish prisoner, <laughs> the Spanish speaking prisoner looks like the guy who tries to attack Indy and then Indy like, you know, whips him in the very beginning. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But he also uh, kind of like uh, is a little of the Alfred Molina role while while they're sort of chasing through, uh, you know, some of this, (laughs) the obstacles. But you also, I want to, I want to step in real quick. You, you, you also see the adios stupido thing from Raiders of the Lost Ark happen in real time. Mm -hmm. The spike trap come up and kill somebody, but you see it happen as opposed to like, you know the, the the body. You know, adios, stupido. Yeah, know? no, exactly. Like, and, and and like, you know, so that moment obviously was was very yeah. uh, was very Raiders. And then you know, wherever they are, the Spanish speaking uh, cops, like you know, bring out these headhunters um, with uh, with you know blow darts and whatever. <laughs> then, then there's that shot of Steve McQueen like running in, in slow motion and just like yeah. you know getting lit up with these uh, with these darts. 
which very much looks like the like start the plane like shot in, in Raiders. But in um, in Papillon, you know, uh, Steve McQueen's getting lit up with these darts, and then you know he doesn't have a plane to jump into, but he still kind of like, swings and like you know dives into the, the the water there. And man, his costume with that that hat and his like open shirt you know it's five o'clock you know shadow totally uh, and, like the, the jacket and everything i was like oh my god you know yeah. they totally uh were inspired uh by this one for raiders inspired you know? they just left off the uh <laughs> cocaine or whatever it was yeah, yeah. Every, the, the every alfred molina guy minutes. gives him a little uh cocaina to chew on yeah. oh that's right that's how he was like speeding him <laughs> yeah. up right he was like, right yeah, yeah. Like, coca leaf like, yeah like, that's right like they'd get tired and be like oh put this on your tongue <laughs> And at one point, I think they're like up at the top of the thing, and he kind of like asks for more. Like he's slowing yeah, down a little. Yeah. Like, Took me up with another hit there, but <laughs> so um, after the whole situation where he's, he's getting chased by the headhunters, uh, you know, he sort of washes up on uh, Paradise Island, like you were talking about earlier, uh, Alex. These guys, uh, you know, apparently this is not a permanent settlement, uh, as we saw. They they kind of packed up and left at one point, but. Uh, they were out there like grabbing pearls or whatever, and like they were they were trading on some blanket uh, with with some uh, skeezy guy, and the skeezy guy, I, I don't know why, but he, he just kind of like reminded me a little of the eye patch guy with the monkey in uh, in Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Like he he just had Seagull. Yeah. <laughs> and then the drummer goes, "Yeah, Seagull, come on, whatever." That's the guy that poisoned the dates. Right, he made the bad right. dates. <laughs> bad dates i don't know if you remember how they like cut that scene together but they showed um you know the village and they handed the pearls to uh i was going to call him harry Steele. they they handed to papillon and then as he puts it down on the table then it cuts to them making the trade yeah. it was like a really cool cut because that is the guy they killed right and have like hanging yes, upside down yes. in the next shot right right but it's like they show him sitting on a blanket having like this whole trade going on and he's like mm-hmm. showing his goods and they're showing their pearls and he's like well no you got to give me more pearls for that and they're like okay we'll do it and then like the next scene is like they just killed him anyway they could have just <laughs> killed him to begin with like they didn't need to play out this whole thing where they were trading with him and then killed him because they took everything <laughs> Right, exactly. But, you know, it, it was kind of like setting up a little bit more of the Pearl thing, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. And then... And the worth of them, right? Right, right, exactly. That, like, it, it's not just that they have sort of value to internally within this tribe, but, you know, also to the outside world with which they trade. Um, but, you know, man, almost like that whole like, uh, you know, sort of uh, Tiki Island uh, section of the movie, like how much did it kind of feel like... Um, the uh the beginning of uh thin red line it had that you know it had a little terrence malick vibe what's this war in the heart of nature why does nature vie with itself the land contend with the sea you know when i started watching i'm like this is a fantastic movie i don't see how it has anything to do with indiana jones yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely had to wait for it yeah but there is that that like point and all of a sudden the movie just like takes a, it's almost like you turn on the Indiana Jones switch and it's like everything changes visually and you're like, oh, okay, got it. And then in perfect, in perfect sort of rhythm with this movie, then you go back to jail. It's like, right. it's like you're just right. in Indiana Jones world for like the third act. Right. And, like, and then 
and then back yeah. to solitary confinement. And then and then and then you get the mother superior who's like, uh, oh, remember uh, in <laughs> your soul and blah, blah blah. In God we trust. Uh, all others pay cash. I don't know. We'll we'll take your pearls <laughs> for you. Thanks. And still sell you out. <laughs> I felt so bad at that point. That one bugged me. Yeah. It bummed me out. Yeah. yeah. And he's being so polite. Like when she knocks on the door, she's like, are you awake? And he's like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And he's like he's getting like out. Like, like, like he's yeah. going to go like help them like do none shit. Right. He's like, he's carpentry. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah he, open, he opens the door and sees her and then he's just grabbed by cops. Cut to POV. Oh, yeah, gosh. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you are sinful, you have made amends by feeding half the poor in Santa Marta. If you are truly not sinful, you have nothing to fear. God will watch over you. Well, uh, should we move on to uh, this movie that no one here has ever heard of? Right. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it's called. Yeah, we, we definitely should. I, although, you know, what do you say about uh, one of the best uh, action-adventure films ever made uh, and Not one of the sure, most popular yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> movies of all time? And, you know, re-watching it now, um, I think this movie holds up more than any movie from the 80s. Um, it is... It is so damn good on so many levels. Uh, it is nonstop, like you said. It's not a short movie by any means, yeah, but that's um, true. That's true. Like, feels because short. it's bringing you to these different locales and everything. Yeah, yeah it, it it goes by at a clip, and all of a sudden you're tied up to the pole with Marion and Indiana Jones covering their <laughs> eyes, waiting for everyone's heads to blow up. And you're like, okay. I mean, it, it's like it just comes through so quick. Um, and again, this is my favorite one of the indie films by far. Um, I'm glad that that we we watched this one. I'm looking forward to watching others, but yeah, yeah, same. I mean, by by far, yeah. um, of the original trilogy, this is the best one, and um, you know, we, we uh, won't acknowledge the the most recent one. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw it once. Um, it was it was so bad, I, I couldn't watch it again. But all the the original trilogy, I've seen all of those movies a ton of times, including Temple of Doom. I know that movie. People have a tr- have trouble with that one too, but I think oh, it's man. good. Oh man, Temple of Doom's um, awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Indeed. <laughs> I I just wanted to talk a, a little bit about some of the gags that they pull off in this. The visual gags, um, you know, there's the one mm-hmm. that's straight out of an old serial. When you see the shadow of the guy getting shot by the machine, the Tommy yeah. gun, you know, you don't see him get shot, but you just see the shadow. Yeah. Um, and oh, then the yeah. w- with the car running over that guy and you just see his arms and legs pop up, but it's filmed at a low angle. So he doesn't, go, yeah, the car yeah. doesn't go over him, but it's so effective and it's like, so like violent, but at the same time, like, so like, I don't know, digestible for everyone. It's got a cool mix. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, and there's all those like, um, the uh, you know, very practical gags, like you're talking about, like in like the, uh, the timing of all of it, you know, where he's, you know, fighting the sort of, you know, the, uh, <laughs> The, the 1910 weightlifting <laughs> Nazi, uh, like with the like the, you know, bare knuckle boxer. Uh, come on, come on! Watching watching it again today, yeah. though, just the fact that he falls for the what's that on the ground? And yeah. The guy, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, maybe in the late 30s, early 40s, that wasn't as uh, <laughs> that wasn't as outplayed as it is now. Right, but the right. fact that he falls for that. <laughs> I I love the uh, the sound design of this. When when Indy hits people in this, it sounds like almost like an instrument. Yeah, it's this like yeah. big punch. And that fight in particular, when he starts wailing on that big German bare knuckler, 
and he's just like that's three punch mm-hmm. on him and it's just like he turns around he's just covered in blood yeah. like, oh man it's so good <laughs> it's so I, powerful when i was in high school i went to a, a screening where the sound designer like talked afterwards and he talked about how like the the uh the jeep during that chase scene where like yeah. he's underneath the car and stuff how he added the sounds of like a like wild a animals yeah. to the engine of the yeah like a lion sound or tiger sound like to the jeep it, it, it was almost that like yeah raging bull uh in a boxing scenes where it's just like it's like these crazy noises that like you know w- wouldn't make any sort of logical sense but like they sort of make emotional sense totally and you you don't hear it like when you're watching you're no. just like oh that's that's the jeep that's that's the sound of a jeep right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> You know, kind of like you're saying, like the pacing of the movie, it's, it's just, it's, it's like nonstop. Um, and it's just, it's so crazy. And like, you know, each uh, new character you meet, I mean, it, it's it's hard to remember now because, you know, you right. just have everything so memorized. But like, you know, you, you're you not sure if, if you can, you know, trust the, these different people that you're meeting. The, the, even the, the um, Cairo, City of the Living. What, what's that guy's name? Salah. Dude, I was thinking about that the la- when I watched it this time. I was like, if I was watching this movie for the first time, I don't know if I yeah. would have trusted. He Sola was hired right by the away. Nazis, like, right? Course, like all the other, yeah. all the other, yeah. all the other diggers in Cairo. Of course, I trust him because I know he's Sola. Sure. I'm like, oh, that's like Indiana Jones's closest and buddy. And how often is John Rice Davies going to be a, a bad guy? That guy is too lovable to be a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but also like, but but there's that moment where like the, the arc goes up and Indy's yeah. still down there, and he's like. He, it, it it seems like you know he's been betrayed or whatever in the when he's talking or? to belloc in the in the bar where, oh, wherever yeah, it is yeah. that they are you know and then and then they act like they're gonna kill him and sala's kids come and save him like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. sala was a double agent that would have been a sweet move right there yeah. because then it's like oh i'm gonna right. trust sala perfect fake and out. indiana yeah. jones gonna show <laughs> sala where the arc is and then the nazis have the arc and we're just gonna leave him down there you know next time dr drones it'll take more than children to save you <laughs> yes yeah, so, so many great lines there i love belloc he is my favorite villain in any of the indiana jones films he is he in in my opinion was like the direct uh, nemesis of Indy like he could have been a continued character had his face not blown up at the end of this one but he would have been one of those great like long-term villains I think um and played so he, well he could have obviously. been in Temple of Doom as a prequel you know right oh that's true up. that was a prequel wasn't it? It, it it happens before the events of uh, of Raiders but yeah like like you were saying, the uh, Indiana and 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 Marion being tied to the post is kind of like the postmark for like this is the end of the movie. For me, it's when Belloc swallows a fly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so yeah, weird. Like, like <laughs> it went, goes yeah. right in his mouth, right? Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> watching that, just like, well, it's it's the best take. I mean, yeah, exactly. we, should, we should use it. Yeah, I, I use it. <laughs> I mean, that's a badass, right? <laughs> right. Eating flies. Because you don't really see him eat much during the film. I don't think he sleeps much either. No. He was up all night with Marion, and they go right into the yeah. thing where they find Indy digging. I don't think, I think he was drunk and still going. Yeah. <laughs> still partying. Marion, you are beautiful. You think of the, um, the way they introduced the, the ship captain. 
yeah uh, f- for that little hiatus where like you know they, they get the ark back for a second you know hide it w- w- with the truck and then like okay we got to the ship he also was was trying to play up that um yeah you know untrustworthy character uh to the nazis but even before that moment like you know the way they sort of introduce him and he like lights a cigarette uh you know you know away from the characters but like you know really close to camera and like you know you're like oh no are we supposed to be able to trust this guy you know we all know <laughs> sort of where all this is going so it's like it, it's hard to have that effect when you watch it five thousand times but like it, it is interesting like you know trying to uh imagine what it would be like seeing this like imagine if like you're watching right. this the way you watch papillon right and unfortunately, I'll never be able to watch this yeah. for the first time again. You know, and I would love to erase this one from my memory just to watch it again because it's so good. Because I never even thought about that, like Sala being potentially, a, you know, a double yeah. agent or even Katanga, the the ship captain. Well, you I know? don't think as a kid I even watched him in. Yeah, I don't think I watched him in order. I think the first thing I, I, I think I saw Temple of Doom yeah. first at like a slumber party because my friend got it at McDonald's on VHS when they gave like the VHSs with Happy Meals sometimes. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't remember that. When they when they had chilled monkey brains as the Happy Meal. <laughs> my friend got Temple of Doom and we watched it like like at a slumber party and I was like, this is awesome. And then I was like, I need to see every Indiana Jones movie, and. But that was my introduction, you know. So it's like, Same. yeah, if you don't if you don't watch him in order, then there's no way you're not going to trust Sala because right, he's Sala. I got to see uh, Last Crusade in the theater. That was the only one I got to see. But recently, I well, not recently, a couple years ago, I saw at the New Bev. I got to see Raiders on, oh, on that's screen. Cool. But that was a really good one. Yeah, and they played uh, the black yeah. or the red mask, an old serial oh, that. Yeah. I mean, some of those shots that were used in, like that one I was talking about, the the shadow of the guy getting shot, it was used in that same serial, and it was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So they did steal everything. Got it. You, you, you know what's funny? Like, I was um, I was kind of torn about, when I was thinking about this one, it was like, okay, Secret of the Incas, for sure. Uh, I was kind of torn about Papillon, you know, thinking that, oh, maybe there would be a better place to put it and some other um, film block. But... You know, I was thinking about that serial, uh, the Raiders of Ghost City, where the one of the not the lead character, but one of the main characters is named Idaho Jones. <laughs> it's totally different. But you know, I, I ended up watching some of that one, and uh, plot-wise, it has nothing to do with it. But I mean, they, you know, they, they stole uh, the sort of title and the, you know, the maybe the main character's name. But like, you know, and then there's a bunch of other films. I'm sure we could have also included maybe uh, Lawrence of Arabia particularly for the sort of digging scenes. I think that was originally on your, your list it, for this it one. It was. And like, you know, and a lot of the the Indiana Jones theme kind of came out of uh, uh, Lawrence Arabia. But I, I think, you know, uh, Papillon uh, influenced score-wise. Mm-hmm. The, the Jerry Goldsmith score in that one, you know, you, you could Absolutely. hear some of the, the Raiders in that. Can we talk a little bit about the staff in Raiders of the Lost Ark? The staff of Ra? Yeah. The the, the staff. And, and okay, so let's just think about this logically. The, <laughs> Go the on. Dude, the dude who's reading, who's reading the medallion, right? He's like, okay, the staff needs to be, what does he say, like six kadams 
high and then and then indiana jones for us he's like oh well that that that's clearly like that would be uh 72 inches you know sort right. of okay so like a dom is a foot right pre- pretty easy and then and then he's like then take minus- back yeah, <laughs> then take back two. I, I think the take back two was like he, he put it in the wrong yeah. peg, right? Because like he 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 sees where the, like where the Nazis had used it or whatever. So so the staff is supposed to be what like six feet tall. It's supposed to be yeah you know, the six kadoms or whatever. <laughs> six kadam height. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why? What, what what's the question I, though? Sorry. All right. Sorry. Sorry. All right, go I ahead, was go under ahead. the impression that it was six feet minus two feet. So now it's uh-huh. four feet. They they did say that his staff was too long. Is is Indiana Jones walking around, and it's like a it's foot taller than him. Than yeah, him. So, yeah. He's so, like he, so he's like that's a, a very good point. Yeah, unless unless a kadam is like eight feet or I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what about the height of the staff, though? Did Bella get it off of here? Yes, it is here. This was the old way. This means six kadam height. About seventy-two inches. Wait. And take back one kadam to honor the Hebrew god whose ark this is. You said their headpiece only had markings on one side. Are you absolutely sure? Belloc's staff is too long. They're, They're digging, digging in the, the wrong, wrong place. place. But how cool was it how they explained how they were digging in the wrong place? And they just do it in one shot when you see Aramak's hand with the with the one side of the of the medallion. And I didn't oh, catch right. that at first, you know, when I first saw that movie, but that was a really cool moment where they're like, oh, that's how they know. That's how they could figure out what the medallion looked like. Well, I mean, you, you brought up another thing. It's like, you know, like um, there are so many good, you know, Spielberg oneers in this. These setups that don't look like they'd be oneers, they're not like show offy oneers, uh, but they are, in fact, oneers. I mean, like the the, the drinking scene, uh, the, 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 the like the at the yeah. Napoli's bar or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, that's just all one shot. And it's, you know, like, you know, 14 different setups in, in, in one shot. And like, I'm sure it made uh, Michael Kahn's <laughs> life uh, really easy when he's putting that scene together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so circle take. Yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, so I just hit play. <laughs> <laughs> but but it also like, you know, it, it um, you know, it's super dynamic and like, you know, it, it feels like, you know, uh, a dozen different shots mm-hmm. put together, um, and it, it just it feels so like effortless, uh, especially when you consider the timing of the the one who loses that uh, that drinking contest, and like how the like face freezes on a smile, and you just don't know when they're gonna like, lean back and fall over. <laughs> but it just, like, every <laughs> single time, it's just like <laughs> I just love how you see his hand kind of come in and like crawl after the after the glass like it's trying to find it. <laughs> it's really funny. Pistare! How how crazy was the ending of this movie? It's like, you know, it it it, it ends on this really really creepy note and then as the guy sort of rounds the corner uh into the the warehouse of uh all you know of the world's plunder it just like you know cues up the indie theme song <laughs> sort of for no reason it's just like oh yeah no let's end it on a good note okay let's go <laughs> in um the movie that we will not mention um they said that that was area 51 actually that we find out that that <laughs> hangar is area 51 that has all that stuff yeah gonna make a note to cut this part out of the podcast yeah. oh god <laughs> It never happened. Yeah, never happened. It, yeah, it, instead of like having having really cool 
um, you know, uh, like sound effects of lions and whatever with trucks going. Well, you can just have Shia LaBeouf swinging with, you know, animated monkeys. <sighs> See, that was the it's worst. just as thrilling. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have to say I read Frank Darabont's script for Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars, I think it's called, and it was uh-huh. kind of the same story. I mean, it was aliens based or like ancient civilization based, but it was such a better mm-hmm. story than what we actually ended up with with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It wouldn't take much. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this one, it was a really good uh, script. I mean, it was fun to read. So, well, George George Lucas always wanted to do like an alien Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I think for Temple of Doom, right? That that was his idea, and Spielberg talked him out of it. Because really? Spielberg was like, "Well, I just did, I just did Close Encounters and and ET. ET was ET before or after that?" And he and he kind of was like, "I don't want to be known as like the alien guy. Let's just do something else." But it, and it was in an interview that they did after this movie had, you know, gotten such bad reviews and everything. And Spielberg's like, yeah, I, I talked him out of it. And then it was like when he came back and was like, let's do it for the fourth one. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was done well, it would have worked. It just wasn't done well in, in any way. I understand the concept of like Indiana Jones in the 50s. Cold War and Aliens. It totally makes sense. Yeah, right. It works. It could have been a good movie. Mm-hmm. I understand why it would have been good, but and I I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but I remember when they were making that movie, hearing that Steven Spielberg only wanted to use visual effects that were available when they made Raiders of the Lost Ark. But okay. I don't think they did that. <laughs> no, well, but George Lucas obviously this is still when he owned lucas arts and lucas arts is a huge visual effects sure ILM. and it, it's like every movie is an advertisement for why you should hire yeah. them to do your visual effects right, so it's right, like right. no we have to use state-of-the-art effects and it's like it just doesn't fit the other movies it was an animated indiana jones yeah but again and then you go back to this movie and it is i mean all practical obviously for the time that would make sense but you know it's really good practical and it's like gags and like like these like in-camera effects that they pulled off and they're just i love that one like you were talking about with the with the tour guide that has the the darts in his back you know you don't see what happens to him he just falls down and he's got 150 darts in his back like that was really awesome well and and, and just think about how much more thrilling it is to watch indy you know lower himself underneath the truck and then you know hang on to it by the whip and then climb Each back over things, and then... like pulling down the grates of the of the, of the front yeah. of the car <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> And then you know you you kind of get the like the sequel to that sequence with the 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 you know blonde Nazi guy having to like try to do that himself and he can't do it <laughs> and he gets run over. <laughs> that way it also like has more of an impact when <laughs> when he's on the boat and uh, and uh, just like everything hurts except for his elbow. And <laughs> you know. here, here. <laughs> I love when she flips that mirror over and slams him in the head. What'd you say? <laughs> um, I, I, th- I thought, you know, like one more thing is that um, I love the story behind this one, too, because that that's pretty well known that Hitler was really into, you know, the supernatural and studied all that stuff I and cult, yeah. had real excavations and things going on at that time to try to find these ancient artifacts to try to make his army invincible. And I thought that that was a great through line yeah. for this. And, you know, to, to put like the worst enemy of, of, 
uh, our hero in there. I guess it's a Nazi, right? It's the Nazis. And, <laughs> you know, they, they did a great job of that. It worked. Oh, man. Yeah. And how great was the Hair Mac? Hair Mac, yeah. Uh, she calls him <laughs> at one point, like, you know, how great was he as, as the, like, you know, skeezy <sighs> Nazi, you know, slightly Peter Lorre type. Good evening, Fraulein. The bar is closed. We are, we are not thirsty. And, and then the other, like, you know, sort of Nazi, uh, you know, commander or whatever he was, was like, he had, like, you know, a. <laughs> You know, car door yeah, jawbones. Exactly. Uh, he, he gets he gets really bad at the end too. Like he just goes <laughs> like You are not in the position to ask for anything. We will take what we wish, and then decide whether or not to blow your ship from the water. The TV show that I'm working on now, they have to do some kissing scenes, and because of COVID, um, they're actually using the same exact effect that they used with the cobra. And between and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So they put a piece of plexiglass between them and they kiss and then they just pay someone to erase the uh, plexiglass and kind of adjust their noses a little bit and make sure it doesn't look like they're smushing up against glass. (laughs) But I I was like, this is the same thing they were doing in 1981. You know, the, the, the version I watched, though, I could not see that reflection. I wonder if they've removed it digitally in time. Oh, no. I can't imagine yeah. they did because there's so much stuff in that movie where, I mean, I, I, I was watching it on, uh, I was watching it on iTunes okay. on Apple TV. And, and there's so much stuff in that movie that I was, I was relieved that they didn't touch, like, like mm-hmm. the ray of sun coming and hitting the stone. And it's like, it, it's not that it looks bad. But it looks like it was 1981 when they did it, right? right? And and I appreciate that when I watch it. I'm like, oh, it still looks the way that it, it always looked as opposed to like, you know, being some weird computer animated ray that comes yeah, out. Yeah, there's only one 80s type shot that bothers me. And it's right after you see that amazing silhouette of the diggers and in indie against that big sunset. Um, but then it goes to this mm-hmm. like green yeah. screen or blue screen um, background of like the the cloudy oh, yeah. uh, of like the sky of oh, the, the Ghostbusters. Uh, the Ghostbusters oh, yeah. background, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's but, funny because the ray going through the the medallion also reminds me of Ghostbusters. Yeah. it's all very it's, it's, same it's laser. The very, it's the Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, it's era. the same guy it's doing like... the special effects, so it makes sense, I guess. Was Edlund Richard Edlund? Yeah. 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 But yeah, you're right, Alex. I I didn't notice the plexiglass with the snakes either this time, and I I wonder if they, you know, somehow changed it. But I, it could just be that I I missed it. I mean, it's I looked it for it. But it's too. one of those things where like, did did anybody notice it the first time they watched it, or did you notice it like after somebody's like, oh, if you look at this thing, you can see the right. reflection of the glass. Yeah, I noticed right it frame. after. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, you know, if you're into the movie, you're not going to... Because it's a killer shot. I mean, he jumps down, and then that cobra and him are in this... Uh, it's just a really good frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great It's a great shot. And then and then they do it again with Marion. <laughs> this whole place is slithering. <laughs> Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Why does the floor move? All right. Oh, this was a great episode. Thanks so much for joining. Um, next week, we will be taking a look at 60s World War II action movies, specifically with the focus of fucking up Nazis. I'm reading the text message as we go here, which I can't wait to title that one. We're going to be focusing on three films, The Train, The Dirty Dozen, and Where Eagles Dare. 
This is going to be an exciting one because um, it's uh, killing Nazi season, I guess, on on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It was, it was the, the, the perfect sequel to this episode yeah. with, uh, you know, Indy kicking some Nazi ass. We'll get uh, Burt Lancaster and Lee Marvin, uh, Clint Eastwood doing the same. Um, no, it should be fun. And um, we'll have uh, we'll have uh, someone to guide us through it all. Awesome. Alex, where can our listeners find you and what are you working on? Uh, yeah, you guys can. Uh, right now I'm working on a documentary project about Don Beach, uh, Don the Beachcomber. So you guys can follow yeah. that on everything at the Don of Tiki. And it's the D-O-N-N of Tiki. Um, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you follow people. I'll also put that in the uh, description just in case they try to spell it with one N or with an A. That sounds exciting. Down the beachcomber. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm a couple zombies in at this point, but, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like we've, we've been working with a lot of people who have known him in his life and who are still alive and able to tell us stories. And awesome. it's, uh, it's cool. Cause he's a guy who told a lot of stories about his life and told a lot of uh, stories that clearly could not be true about his life. So it's it's mm-hmm. cool to kind of try to decipher what's real and what's uh, fiction and and what everyone thinks they know about. It's legendary. Man. It's like legends. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to share that out. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the podcasts and social platforms at the Grindhouse Institute. And if you really want to give us a boost, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps us to get noticed. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Done your country a great service, and we thank you. And uh, we trust you found the Settlement satisfactory. Well, the money's fine. The situation is totally unacceptable. Well, gentlemen, I guess that just about wraps it up. Where is the Ark? I thought we'd settled that. The Ark is somewhere very safe. From whom? The Ark is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men.